even aware of it. Uh, this is the last Sunday of this year, and it's also the last Sunday of the decade. So there's signposts in our life that cause us to stop and take notice, like birthdays and like anniversaries and celebrations, and, and we mark those uh, with joy because we realize who's allowed us to be 70, <laughs> to stay married for 50 years. You know, God is involved in that, and the way that we were heading before I got saved was, uh, thank God that she stayed with me because I wasn't worth two hoots, and some of you guys can uh, identify with that. And uh, But the, by the grace of God, I am what I am, as Paul said. And uh, since I turned my life over to him, I, I like to observe things. You know, we need to celebrate what God has done for each one of us. So I was thinking about, well, I don't want to just share some lame New Year's sermon, uh, but I'm only responsible for what I say. And you all are responsible for how you hear what I say. So I just ask that the Holy Spirit come. So, new year coming. That means a new beginning. So guess where we're going to go? We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. I'll start off in the King James, Olivia. Now, some of these things, probably, I'm not telling you anything new, but I think we need to reaffirm some of the things that the Lord would say to us as we enter into a new year, a new decade. Wow, a whole new decade. Where will you be 10 years from now? What will you be doing 10 years from now? Will you still be part of the kingdom of God, or will you be discouraged? Will you give up the fight, or whether you keep on celebrating Him? But I want to look at some of the characteristics of God and How many of you know that when he spoke, things happen? So if God speaks something into your life, it's going to happen. You might have to wait on it for a while, but it will happen. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, God said, let there be what? Light. And then what does it say right after that? There was light. So we have to understand that what God says will happen is is definitely going to happen because he is who he says he is. He's the creator, and he will do what he said he will do. So let's read here. In the beginning, in the beginning, as we come up Wednesday on a new year, in the beginning, this could be a new beginning for a lot of us. Some things that, and at the end of a decade, some of you have been sitting on things for 10 years that, that God has spoken. But in the beginning, God created. The first characteristic of God that he has passed on to us that we need to realize is God is creative. I'll tell you how creative he is. He spoke things into existence that, that didn't exist. Now, that's Creativity. And by the Holy Spirit, we have creativity passed on to us. Now, I would pray for myself and for you all that there would be some changes in our lives that would make us more creative. Who wants to be more creative this year? I certainly do. Because even ministry and even going to church and things like that, although we treasure them, we we tend to lose the significance of them if we don't allow the creative Holy Spirit to work in our lives. 
Mike said something very profound. We don't want to go, but we have to go. That's, you know, that's really deep. And how do they know that? By the Spirit of God hovering over that. I'm getting ahead of myself. See, God's a creative God. And who would have known that he would reach down to that couple there that worked their whole life and say, this is what I want you to do now. This is what I want you to do right now. And we could all say, well, we don't want to do it. We, we can't do this. We can't do that. But God has a creative plan for their life right now and for ours also. They're called to Scotland. Some of you are called to other places. But God wants to create. And I believe when we share the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit that we create things in people's lives because we confirm the word. I believe that the word of God is just what it says it is, and he will do what he says he will do. And when I believe that, that makes me more creative because every Sunday when I come in here to preach, I get that little knot in my throat. After all these years, I still get a knot in my throat because I realize the important. We're handling the Word of God here. All creation sprang from in the beginning was the Word. Everything good sprung from God's creative spirit. Some of you are great creative people. And our prayer this year is that God releases you into that creativity because that's a characteristic and a tribute of God. And He's placed that in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing. God has created. He created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form. Now, I want you to get this. Before I came to the Lord, my life didn't have any form. It was very random. How many of you know what a random lifestyle is? It's just whatever. Well, God doesn't intend for us to live with a whatever attitude. It says when we when he created it, you, you might say, well, why didn't he create it just perfect? Because God showed us in the, the very fact of creation how he takes steps and walks through things and creates different things. But here's the thing. He spoke something out of nothing. And I get, well, tickled sometimes, I guess it is. And all the evolutionists and people that say, well, this big bang took place and everything just falled into place. Well, I value myself a little bit more than just thinking I'm the result of some explosion somewhere. And then in my little brain, I've figured out, well, if you believe that a big bang caused all this, where did the material come from? Because God's the only one that can speak something out of nothing. So without God, see, mankind wants to remove God from the equation. They hate verse 1 of Genesis. You know what Genesis means? It means to begin something, to start something. And then it means also this, to commence something. And then my last one is to open something. This year, God can open things that we didn't know that could be opened. The greatest gift that we just celebrated Christmas and you opened things. And the things that you opened that were given to you because of love are special and dear to you. It doesn't matter how much it costs. 
but it's dear because you know it was given with love. Well, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have what? Everlasting life. Who's the manufacturer of everlasting life? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They spoke everlasting life into existence. Many of our lives before we came to the Lord was without form. Just random occurrences. Random this, random that. But God has a certain order to make the... You know, uh, I read the other day where it says our galaxy... Get this now. Our galaxy is spinning at 490,000 miles per hour. Our galaxy. Not the earth, but the galaxy. And our galaxy is one of thousands of galaxies. And it takes all these years for our galaxy to make a rotation. Imagine we're spinning right now at 490,000. The whole galaxy is. And then you break it down. We're part of that galaxy which God spoke into existence because God created the heavens and the earth. You believe that? Okay. So what's the next step after creating everything was us. I've said this many times and. I'll repeat it again. I'm amazed how we stay planted on this earth because God knew that he had to put gravity to hold us down. How many of you think you could withstand a 490,000 mile per hour wind? That's a whole lot of huff and puff and blow your house down there. Now, explain to me how... Just some big explosion caused that. Not even close. It just proves to be more God's order of the universe. Because he cre- it said in the beginning, he created the heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now look at what it says there. It says that it was without form, like our lives, and it was void. How many of you know you got a God spot today? You got a God spot. Can't fill it with alcohol. Can't fill it with drugs. There's nothing that will fill the God spot except the new birth and the Holy Spirit, which comes and resides in us. Then, even though we transgress, we ask for forgiveness, but our God spot feels comfortable because he made that. That belongs to him. So when we were without form... And void, and it says darkness was upon the face of the deep. All right? And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is hovering in here today. It just hovers over our lives. The Spirit of God hovers over your life. Just, just think about it right now, Him hovering over you. He loves you. He came down when Jesus was baptized and he hovered over the Lord. And here's what it says. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. You know what? I I believe he moves upon the face of human beings. He moves upon our countenance. You can tell if somebody knows Jesus by their countenance a lot of times. Someone that has to deal with the world all week and you don't get a smile back, you can tell that their countenance needs changing. And what's going to change their countenance is to realize that God created them. 
And the next part is, it said it was void and without form. Another thing that humanists and that try to do is take God out of the equation. But when you take God out of the equation, since he's the one that created everything, then you have no identity. But because we worship him as God, as the creator of the universe and the creator of us, that gives us an identity that we never had. That's what communism does. It wants to make everybody equal, and then there's no identity in that. Well, there's no life in that either, because God is a creative, animating God, and he takes inanimate objects, and he speaks to the DNA in them, and we become creative, and we take on a form, and we go from darkness into light, and we honor our Father, and I could tell by your countenance whether you serve the Lord or not. Hallelujah. Separated the light. Separated the light from the darkness is what it said. That's a model for how we should live. The light should be separated from the darkness. How is that possible? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Another thing I wanted to say is that, that it says the earth was without form and void. In other words, though it was created, it was empty. There was no no purpose just in that thing. But then our lives are the same way sometimes. We don't have no purpose. We don't have any reason to be existing right now other than to worship our God. Revelation said is by his, for his pleasure, we are created. So, hallelujah, empty man, no identity. That's why they want to wipe out the word of God. That's why they want to get religion and the Bible reading and prayer out of schools is because that's the identity. Paul said this. Paul was involved in everything a man could be involved in. But God knocked him off of his horse one day. And he said, I don't live any longer. It's Christ that lives in me. So he goes back to his original he was lost. He was, he was without form. He was persecuting. He hated God's people. But God can turn it around. Say, God can turn it around. God can turn it around. Why did he pick Paul? Why did he pick us? He picked us because he created us. And he knows me and he wants me to have an identity. An identity that comes knowing who my father is. Now, I want you to go to Psalm 139, if you would. Psalm 139 and verse 3. First in the King James, and then I want to read you something out of the, the New Living. Psalm 139. Verse 3. Well, no, I don't want to read that. I want to read something else there. Hold on a minute. Well, let's just read Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my downsitting and my uprising. You understand my thought afar off. You compass my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. 
For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. You hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Hallelujah. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain or reach unto it. Wherever I go from, whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? Hallelujah. Now that gives me identity. That means when, when Kim said that there's angels up here, thank God she was in the spirit and recognized that we had visitors in the house today. And that should excite you to know that God visits us. You know why I believe in angels? Because it's in the Bible. That's why I believe in it. Where was I reading here? Where shall I go from my spirit or where shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you're there. You know why he's there? Because he's got everything covered and he created it. Of course he would reside in heaven because he created it. He made heaven. Heaven was not a thought of man. It was the thought of a benevolent God. It wanted to create me. And give me a purpose in my life. I'm just not walking through this thing for no reason. The world has an identity problem right now. And that's what the devil wants to throw. That's what humanistic doctrine wants to throw on you. Is that you have no identity. You're just a face in a line. And God doesn't care whether you exist or not. That's what a big explosion is all about. Because that's just so random. But when I read the word, I understand that God's not random with me. He's got me here today because this is where I'm supposed to be today. Not a random thing. I got to go. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. You say, well, we don't make our bed. Well, before you come to a knowledge of God, you made your bed in hell. Let's read on. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. I want to look at this for a minute here. Go to the New Living, if you would, Olivia, and uh, about back to verse 3 in the New Living Translation. Verse 3, 139.3 in the New Living, if you would. Somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. Well, I'll read it to you. Listen to this. In the New Living, it says in verse 3, you chart the path ahead of me. Now, us Navy men can really appreciate that. Do you know, even though they have all this technology and things in the world, radar, sonar, this, that, satellites, everything else, do you know on ships they still use maps? Because they... 
they get the depth of the ocean, they get where it's dangerous. After all these years, and they still shoot stars. They still look to stars sometimes for their direction. Well, I think God planned it that way, that we should look to Him for our direction. With all that technology, they still use maps. Then Dwight is sitting back there, and Dwight's a pilot. And look what it says here. It says, you chart the path ahead of me. You chart that path. Now, I may be wrong, and Dwight can correct me, but every time that he would take a flight somewhere, he needed a flight plan. Am I correct? He just didn't take off and say, well, I know I'm going to Singapore, but I'm just going to fly any route I want to fly. Well, guess what? That all sounds good, but that ain't the way it works. Because there's, there's lines in the sky that people have certain altitudes that they fly at, and it's very organized. You just don't take off. I'm going to Scotland. Well, how high you want to fly? I don't know. I'll just find a place where I'm not running into anybody. Can you imagine the chaos that will be created if we live that way? And David said, you chart my path ahead of me. And I'm here to tell you today, since he made you, your path is charted ahead of you. I want you to realize today that you're here today in this church because that's where God told you to be today. Now, he's in control. We can't just fly anywhere we want to fly. What else does it say here? You chart my course. And then let's go back to the King James. Even if there was... And even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Verse 11. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Who created light and dark? Isn't this cool to realize how intricately God is involved in our lives? Why does he do it? Because he loves us. Verse 12, it says, Yeah, the darkness hides not from thee, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to him. He made the darkness and the light for us to recognize wrong from good so that we might walk in his ways. But it's all the same to him. It's all for us. Why did he make dark? To separate good from evil, but also to tell human beings that they needed to go to sleep. How long can you go without sleep? That's why God made the night, because he has a plan. This is how you do things. Let's read on. It says, verse 13, For you have compassed me, possessed my reins, Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. What do you use reins for? It reins in a horse. Any, anybody ever been on a horse and they hand you the reins and you say, I don't need them things. I'll just go wherever that horse goes. Well, guess what? That horse might have a mind of its own. And he might take you through the Ohio River. You never know. You just don't let go of the reins. It says, you have the reins to my life. And he mentions in James about the tongue, how it needs a bridle. You need a bridle of a horse? 
we need to realize that God has our reins. He's in control. I didn't all know all this stuff was in here. He said, you've covered me from my mother's womb. You know what? When, when you hear people say, you know, uh, they don't believe in certain, well, they believe that no one can make a decision for this and that because they don't. I understand that. But I believe in a pregnancy, God is there. I don't care how it happened. But I believe that the Bible states that God is there. He's there. Thank God he was there when I was there. And again, when we try to cancel that out, the wheels come off because we keep on getting kicked back to Genesis. Look, look what else it says. He says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Why am I fearfully and wonderfully made? Because the universe is fearfully and wonderfully made. The stars are placed in the sky. You shoot things off the North Star, and you would use certain landmarks that God built in so that we would not lose our way. Everything in creation points to a creative, loving, filling God that doesn't want us to get off course. I'm almost done. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. You are God's masterpiece. Hallelujah. See, your identity doesn't need to be in what kind of sneakers you wear or what kind of car you drive or anything like that, because all that is perishable. God's promises are not perishable. They are eternal. His stars in the heavens are eternal. The new... The new heaven and the new earth is going to come down as a bride adorned for her husband. And God is going to rule and reign. And we're going to see the precision of God because the Bible promises me that prophetically the lion, the the wolf is going to lay down with the lamb. Everything is going to be in the order that God first intended it. And we have a lot of suffering in our lives and stuff. But I'm here to tell you today that one day I'm going to see God operate this world the way he meant to operate it. It could be this year. Think about it. It could be this year. Look what else it says. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. Think about that for a minute. Nobody knew what she was going to come out as. Except God. His, our very substance, our DNA is known by God. Before we come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, the DNA that we possess is not the right kind. But that's what being born again is. When you're born again, it says all things become new. The old things are all passed away. I became a new creature. That means that I have identity and I have substance. Say this. I have substance. I have an identity. God loves me. He created all this for me. All right. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret 
and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Wow. Your eyes, thank God for rain. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. so cool. That is so cool. He said the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We appreciate it. The unjust could care less. He sent his Holy Spirit into this world when he ascended and sits at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit brings water. It's an emblem of the Holy Spirit. Thank God we have those emblems that we can depend on. You ever notice in the beginning of our country how all the cities were based around rivers? I mean, we got some now that aren't, but everything was based around a river because that's how you would receive goods that's how things would happen. There's a reason that Cincinnati's right there. They could have put it in blue ash, but they didn't because they realized the value of the water, transportation of the water. So when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues, the river flows, God flows, and we are close to the source. Blessed is the man, Psalm 1. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being imperfect. Thank God. You know, every one of these snippets of Scripture are a whole sermon. And and in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when I yet there was none of them. That's about as DNA as you can get right there. And then God said that he told Adam and Eve that he formed Adam out of the dust of the earth. And he said, I want you to reproduce after your own kind. So thank God now as sons and daughters of God, we can re- reproduce out of our own kind. Aren't you glad that you're re- reproducing children and grandchildren that honor the word of the Lord because they've had their own kind instruct them in the ways of the Lord? There's no greater joy to a father and a mother than seeing their kids walk in the way of the Lord and understand the, the sacrifice and things that went into that. And I'm, I'm almost done. Uh, in thy book, all my, which in continuous, so God's continuing to fashion us when as yet there was none of them. How precious are your thoughts to me. Oh, God, how great is the sum of them. I'm just going to read through this. For I should, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Wow. God's works are more than the sand toward us, the sands of the sea. How precious, how precious are your thoughts to who? To me. 
You know, some people had a very lonely year. But we're not alone. Because God's thinking about us every minute. Last part. When I awake, you're still there. I said, when I awake, you're still there. You know, you can turn a rotten yesterday into a great today. How do you do that? The devil wants to put depression and discouragement and disapproval on you and lostness and judgment. He's the accuser of the brethren. But God says in the book of Lamentations that his mercies are fresh and new. What? Every morning. Does that mean you can redeem the day? If we get up and start over, we're going into a new year. And I'm telling you, you can redeem this year and I can redeem this year. The things that have been broken, place them in God's hands and he'll fix them. We can redeem the year. Think of where you was 10 years ago and think of where you are today. And if you say, well, I'm worse off, well, then God's still got a better plan for you. If he planned the heavens and the earth, he's got a plan for me. Come on, Lonnie, get done. Verse 19, surely you will slay the wicked, O God. Yes, he will. Depart from me, therefore, you bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Kind of a description of modern times, but it was going on back then too. Mankind wants to destroy God or make him of none effect or bring him to their level so that they can understand God. God doesn't need to be understood. He's not confused. When God said, let there be light, I didn't see the light or the darkness say, well, I'm confused here. What should I do? There was no confusion with God. When he said, let there be light, there was light. When he said, if you come and confess your sins and believe in your heart that Christ came to the earth, he was uh, crucified Dead and buried, but he rose again. He rose again. That happened. People don't believe in the resurrection anymore. They don't believe in hell. Last part. Verse 21. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them as my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if you see, if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Hallelujah. So I said all that to say all this. God has a course for you this year. He has a flight plan mapped out. End of the decade, end of 10 years. Think of the changes that have taken place in society. Think of the changes that have taken place. 10 years ago, you guys were still over on the other side. Think about that. 10 years go through your life. You get to a point where you just don't want to waste your life doing things. You want them to have a purpose because you were created for a purpose. So I pray that this year, 2020, my goodness, would be a year of prosperity and health as your soul prospers. 
I believe that new beginnings. I believe that things start up in your life. I pray that things commence in your life that weren't commencing. And I pray that things open up. The opening. Just like you opened that beautiful diamond ring that your husband bought you on. Nobody got one of them? What did I get? I forget now. It was a nice gift, though. I forgot something. I don't know what it was. I know what. She got me a nice winter coat. How about that? I like it because it keeps me warm. It has a purpose. It has a purpose. We have a purpose. I don't want you to get to the end of this year and, re- and say how insignificant I am. There's no insignificant people in here. When God created things, it was without form, and it was void, and it was dark. But he came and he brought light, he brought identity, and he gave us a form and a purpose. Then the capper of the whole thing is, he said, let us make man. Let us make man in our image. In our image. Think about that. God made us in our. That's why in Romans when it says that he took on the form of man, you know what? He made us in his image, and then he came down and took on our image. Think about that for a minute. That's a God that loves us. He made us in his image, and he said, oh, you guys have messed it all up. i got to do something. Then he come down and took on the body of mankind with all its frailties and its doubts and everything else. But he said, this is the way it can be lived. Be in good cheer because I've overcome the world. In this world, you shall have trouble. And I thank God that he made me, and he came down and he saved me today. He made me, and he saved me. He made me, and he saved me. He made me, and he saved me. He came down and made me perfect in the Father's eyes because my acceptance of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If you haven't done that today, you need to do it. He made you. He'll save you. He made you. He'll save you. He came for me. He took on the form of mankind. Think about it. My life was formless and void and in darkness. And he said, although you don't deserve this, because all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. This is what I will do. And the devil tried to talk him out of it in many ways. He even used his own disciples against him. Paul was on his way to kill Christians, to gather them up. But God said, that man could be my mouthpiece to the Gentiles. Ah, hallelujah. Happy New Year, eh? Happy New Year. You've got an identity. I hope our guests feel recognized today. I know they helped out in the worship. The Bible says that we entertain angels unaware. I believe they're always there. You know why I believe they're always there? Because the word tells me that he will give his angels charge over me. That's why I know that they're there. So somebody might say, well, this whole past year was just a blur and I can't see anything positive. God's going to be up all night and he'll be there in the morning. 
And he'll turn what the devil meant for evil into good. Amen. How many of you want that to happen in your life this year? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, just anything discouraging, any spirits that might say, well, this ain't going to happen in your life, blah, blah. We curse that in the name of Jesus. And we make a decree that the Word of God will work in the lives of the people that receive it and let it sink way down into their heart and let them know what life is, that the creator of every star, the creator of every galaxy, the creator of everything knows me. Even though I was made in darkness, I now walk in light. And, Lord, we thank you for that today. And we celebrate that today and this coming year, your goodness toward us. And as the song said, you never fail, God. You never fail. You never fail. If they say, I'm an accident, I'm not an accident, because none of this was an accident. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand today. Hallelujah. Whew. I was thinking about Dwight there, and that's an amazing thing. Do you know that they have lanes for airplanes that they fly in? Not If everybody flew the same altitude, that'd be a real mess, wouldn't it? Certain lanes they have to stay in, and that's according to the flight plan. And even though he's the pilot and maybe the captain of the ship, he still doesn't have that right to just say, this is where I want to fly, and I don't care what because God wants us to stay on his plan. Amen. So next time you're on an airplane, think about that. Think about somebody being in control and it's God. Hallelujah. Jeremy, go ahead. If you need prayer, if there's anybody else that wants prayer today, we'd like to pray with you right now. If you're kind of off course in your life and you want to get back on course, you know, it's just like those things that are on the expressway where if you get off, then what do they call them, them rumble things on the side that let you know you're drifting. Well, God sent his Holy Spirit so that we would know when we're drifting. And them rumble things make a lot of noise and are supposed to get your attention.